Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Well, there was a fair bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. everyone, I'm Guile, and I tweet at Door Podcast, and today I'm joined by Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And Kama? Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Oxford Splice on Twitter. And Devin? Hey, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. And today we are covering John 9, which is John's final chapter in A Game of Thrones. So we start in the stables of Castle Black, as John is re- getting ready to bust out of Castle Black, um, Sam tries. Sam is there, and Sam tries to stop him, and John threatens to run him down, and and frankly, actually does, until Sam jumps aside and falls to the ground at the last moment. As John's mare jumps over him, and he, the mayor and Ghost, leave Castle Black, and John is pretty sure that he's going to have until morning to get some miles between him and Castle Black because he's pretty sure that Sam isn't going to wake up Lord Commander Mormont to tell on him. But beyond that, he doesn't really seem to have a super well thought out plan. Um, you know, he thinks he's wearing the clothes of the Night's Watch and he's going to have to steal some clothes. He is smart enough to realize that he can't go to Winterfell. He thinks, you know, Bran might shelter him, but Lewin would never let him. And I don't know, you know, what you guys thought of this, but it just seemed like John to me was really lost. You know, he has this homesickness for Winterfell and, um, you know, he's thinking of, he's not, I guess I should say he's emotionally lost. He's, you know, homesick for Winterfell. He, you know, felt bad enough that he, he left Longclaw at the wall and he's thinking about Eamon and, you know, what Eamon told him about the three tests that he was given and, you know, and he's asking himself, you know, did Eamon actually pass these tests or, you know, what was the more courageous thing to do to stay out of it? Or would it have been more courageous to leave the Night's Watch? And, you know, so John is like literally galloping away from Castle Black, but it still really feels like he's questioning what he's what he's doing at this point. Um, you know, what did you guys think? Did you feel like he really had a strong plan of action here? Not at all. <laughs> it was pretty much just leave and figure it out. And he and he is questioning himself throughout it all. Um, is, I'm doing the right thing, but why do I feel so bad? He thinks, and uh, even when thinking about, well, would Rob even welcome him? Um, like, because he's yeah. like, surely, surely, and he's yeah, like you said, he's lost. I mean, that was kind of the heartbreaking thing when he thinks about, you know, he wants basically he just he wants to go to Rob. He wants to fight with Rob. And he thinks, you know, he's going to have to go to him in secret. And he he tries to imagine Rob's smile when he reveals himself, and he can't. And, you know, because he doesn't know, you know, he thinks, you know, would Ned have killed Benjen if Benjen had been the Night's Watch deserter that we met, you know, early in this book? And, you know, would Rob, That's you know, a good what would question, Rob do actually, to him? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, what do you, I mean, what do you guys think? I feel like Ned... I think I, Ned would have. I don't think he would have. You don't think he would have? No. I don't know. Man, I don't know. 
I mean, kinslaying is pretty, that's pretty bad. Well, he would have had somebody else do it, maybe. I don't know. The man who passes the sentence, you know, yeah. swings the sword. Like, yeah, must swing the sword. Oh, so maybe he does. I don't, yeah, maybe he wouldn't have. Yeah. Ned might have just killed know. himself in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Ned's head would have literally exploded. Yeah. Uh, the- that's one of those no way out situations. It's like a very Roman solution would be to fall on your sword. Right. Well, I mean, when we've already seen, you know, what makes Ned stray from, you know, his sense of, of honor and it's his family. Like, you know, he, he claims John as his bastard and, you know, keeps Liana's secrets. He, you know, he, um, you know, lied about Joffrey to save Sansa, you know, like he, he clearly, puts his family above, you know, like the rule, like the, the code of honor, basically. Yeah. So except I can't though, imagine he would have killed I mean, Benjen. in the case of if Benjen in our hypothetical situation where Benjen somehow flees the watch, um, I mean, there it, it's, it's not a question of like, I mean, Liana, you know, didn't do anything wrong. You know, John didn't do anything wrong in being born. You know, his daughter didn't do anything wrong. Well, did the Night's Watch a situation where he'd have to be making a call between, I mean, you know, Benjen abandoning his vows or whatever? I think they'd be that would maybe be hard. Maybe, but I mean, I think a lot of people would argue that you know, is it Will that he kills in the first chapter or in that first early chapter? Like that guy didn't do anything wrong. That guy saw the others and was terrified. And, you know, ran for his life. And, and what if that's Benjen? You know, what if Benjen's coming to Ned saying, you know, this is the shit that went down. And, you know, I got to high, hightailing it out of there. Like, I feel like Ned would say, hey, hey, buddy, thanks for letting me know. How about we all go back to Castle Black together and we tell people, you know, he would give him that way out and you know that they no one i mean presumably no one said that to the poor night's watch you know that poor guy like hey buddy like sounds like you went through some shit let's you know talk about it and come up with a solution well that's privilege you know (laughs) for you i mean i think the other thing clearly demonstrates is it's one thing to have like your your code of honor, your code of ethics, you know, it's very easy to do armchair quarterbacking when you're not in the middle of it. And that's when, you know, you're thrown into it. And so what I mean, do you guys John think? John has a plan here. That seems very clear. And we, we see a little bit more of like the idea of Liana, like, I guess you say his taking after her in a sense that he's sort of like doing something where I don't think Ned in the same position would have run away i think he might have like been torn about it so, like if he was in john's position at the night's watch uh, you know i think it's that fighting between what he'd been taught about honor versus how he you know instinctually feels i want to go you know be more um i guess more like uh you know just impulsive and following his heart what do you think rob would have done oh he definitely would have yeah. welcomed john I, 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 don't, I don't doubt that one bit i think there would like, have been some yeah. issues though with that in a big way, because I mean, they're sort of sandwiched between, you know, he's sandwiched between the Lannister forces and the, it would be the watch to the North and the North's relationship with the watch. I think that would be more complicated. I think he would have been like, I can't turn you into the watch, but you can't stay here. And like, yeah, you know, yeah. get yourself on a ship to, 
to yeah. Essos. Cat or, or maybe yeah. some sort of like, oh, God, you know, cat. reaching out cat. to the body oh. to try to I, I, I don't see him being like, dude, you're here, let's go fight. You know, I don't think it would have been that kind of a... Yeah. But yeah, because I don't think he would have killed This is not him. a plan that John has. This is, yeah, this is, it doesn't make the, the logically you can't see a way this would work. Yeah, he didn't think. And so. you know, Rob is riding. You know, Rob is basically riding with his heart, not his head here. And I thought this chapter was really interesting in terms of you know showing the connection with his wolf because Ghost is like, you know, at one point Ghost falls behind and then he disappears, and um, you know, Ghost clearly knows that John is um. Ghost knows John's not thinking this through. Like, Ghost is well aware of the conflict, I feel like, because, you know, what finally happens is John has to slow down to make sure the mayor is okay and he eats some food. And, you know, then he hears the voices of his friends who, you know, we presume Sam told. So it's Pip, Gren, Toad, Halder. And, you know, they find him and tell him they're taking him back. And, you know, Ghost reappears in this. And, you know, if... If John was truly, you know, if John truly had some conviction about this, Ghost would have, like, stood between John and those boys and, like, bared his teeth and, you know, no one was going to get through to John. But Ghost clearly knows John doesn't actually want to do this, so he's just, like, super chill the whole time. <laughs> uh, I mean, Ghost basically pulls his shades down and gives John the finger guns. Like, gotcha. <laughs> like that's, that's basically what Ghost is doing here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's just, it's cool to see that, you know, it's cool to see that connection, really, of you know, of, yeah, Ghost actually probably knowing better than John is actually thinking himself right here. And, you know, John, you know, it's just this meeting between John and his friends is is pretty cool. Like, you know, John says he belongs with his brothers. And, you know, of course, they're like, we're your brothers. And they start reciting the Night's Watch, Watch Oath to him. And, you know, that pretty much breaks John down. And, so John agrees to ride back with them, and they, they all make it back to Castle Black at dawn. And, you know, John kind of thinks he's gotten away with it, and you know, but he's, like, thinking he's just going to try again later. And um, so he, you know, he brings Lord, uh, Lord Commander Mormont's breakfast to him, and, of course, you know, Gior's like, yeah, we all totally knew you were going to do this, and we had a watch on you. <laughs> Which, I mean, there's something kind of heartwarming about that, too, because I think... You know, this is his family, and his father died, and so of course they're, and his brother is going to war. So, like, John feels alone here, but basically, all these people from, you know, his boss essentially down to all of his friends, like, they're all watching out for him. And, you know, that's like really, actually, like, really, it's like really sweet that he has the support system. And, you know, it's kind of like, Everything that we've seen in John in this book, you know, this is a little bit of a regression, frankly, because he, and, you know, again, unfortunately, we see it at the end of A Dance with Dragons that he's so much at his best when he is surrounding himself and, like, taking from, like, taking the support that people are very willing to give him. Like, he's someone that people are willing to rally behind, and yet he has this terrible habit of, like, withdrawing from that. You know, time and time again, and it you know continually kind of bites him the butt when he with when he withdraws. Whereas if he kind of embraces the support, it really seems like you know it's only good things for him. Um, you know, Mormont has this good this good moment where he's like, "You're like one guy. How much of a difference can you make in 
you know, Rob's war. Like, are you that awesome, John? <laughs> Just kind of like, you know, no. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he tells him that, you know, he, he can make a difference um, at the wall. And, you know, that he wants John and Ghost going, you know, they're going to go beyond the wall and find out what happened to Benjamin and what's going on with Man's Radar. And, you know, Mormont wants John and Ghost with him. And, you know, this kind of, you know, the chapter ends with um, with this, you know, his words send a chill of excitement down John's back. Beyond the wall? You heard me. I mean to find Ben Stark, alive or dead. He chewed and swallowed. I will not sit here meekly and wait for the snows and the ice winds. We must know what is happening. This time the Night's Watch will ride in force, against the king beyond the wall, the others, and anything else that may be out there. I mean to command them myself. He pointed his dagger at John's chest. By custom, the Lord Commander's steward is his squire as well. But I do not care to wake every dawn wondering if you've run off again. So I will have an answer from you, Lord Snow, and I will have it now. Are you a brother of the Night's Watch, or only a bastard boy who wants to play at war? John straightened himself and took a long, deep breath. Forgive me, Father, Rob, Arya, Bran. Forgive me, I cannot help you. He has the truth of it. This is my place. I am yours, my lord, your man. I swear it. I will not run again. And thus ends um, Thus ends John's story in A Game of Thrones. Um, so, uh, you know, when you first read this, if you, if you can remember back then, I mean, this is kind of, <laughs> you know, we get these great, you know, we get these good cliffhangers at the end of, of A Game of Thrones. You know, we get Tyrion heading to King's Landing. We get... Um, you know, John going north of the wall, we get the birth of dragons, we get Rob being declared the king in the north. So, you know, this book really ends on all these like kind of exciting, um, exciting, promising cliffhangers like this. Um, any thoughts, any ending thoughts on this chapter or, or John's story in A Game of Thrones? Any questions, actually? Sorry. I, I mean, I remember... Um... I do remember the first time I read this chapter and I remember being, I think I'd watched the show. So that may have, yeah, I did. So that may have colored part of it, but you know, this, the sense that John had, he's sort of rootless in the beginning. I mean, he's sort of with the Starks, but he's not. And that this meant like he had his newfound family and he sort of finally had a place in the world. And it felt like, I remember thinking it felt natural that he'd run away, but I liked the solution of them coming to sort of remind him, you know, like we're your family now. Well, and you know, they're really good friends too, because I mean, you know, John, I guess, you know, obviously everyone at Castle Black knew what they were doing. So no one's going to think that his friends are deserting and stuff, but you know, John doesn't know that right away. Like he thinks that they're actually like risking, being thought of deserters themselves to come chase after him, you know? So, I mean, you know, pretty much everyone in this chapter is, is eventually like proving to John that, you know, they really like love and care about him. Like he's, you know, he's this lost boy, but yeah, he seems very completely unaware of, um, you know, all that he does have. And maybe at the end of it, it is him kind of discovering like, yeah, okay. I, I've lost, you know, I've lost a lot, but look at everything I've gained. And it makes sense that they, you know, it's smart of them to send his friends and not, I mean, they could have sent anybody because there's somebody a little higher ranking in the yeah. sort of order of things up there, but they sent his friends to kind of, and, cause that would give you, I don't know, I feel like there's a humanness to it. Like they're sort of acknowledging that this is natural for someone right. 
who hears this news to want to be with their family, but we're creating this environment where he's bonded with these people and he won't want to leave. You know, it's sort of a psychological right, they're not trying to. They, I mean, they're not trying to get him, you know, they're not trying to punish him. Like, they're trying everything they could do to not punish him. I mean, like, yeah. again, if we want to talk, you know, to comment to your earlier point around privilege, like, John is being treated, you know, extraordinarily gently by everyone yeah. here, you know, because of, you know, I mean, if Sam did, well, actually, I feel like they'd treat Sam gently, too. But, I mean, just because of everything that John has kind of proven at his time at Castle Black, I think, like, it's very much in their interest to give him, you know, the longest, the longest leash possible. Mm -hmm. I I think like in reference to privilege though, I think like if John had pulled a stunt like this, when he'd walked in the, let's say in the very early part of his training, yeah, that would have been different, but I think he has proved himself. He has now this, because when he started out, I mean, his privilege was hurting him. Like, you know, it it wasn't making him any friends with his fellow recruits. Mm And he sort of, you know, has earned a place. He's done it by merit. He's sort of grown up a little bit emotionally. I mean, not not fully, or he would not have run off like this. But I, I think that it's, the privilege here is like, it's earned. It's not something like, oh, you know, he's the son of a Lord. So we have to treat him really well. I think it's, I think they would have done this for somebody else. You hope so. I mean, you know, GR does have that like moment where he's like, yeah, if, you know, if we cut the heads off of every boy that went to Molestown to, you know, see a prostitute, like there would literally be no one here. So there'd be ghosts <laughs> protecting the wall. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like, you know, Ghost alone could do a good job. But yeah. So, I mean, you know, as harsh as this, you know, as harsh as this is, there's definitely some, you know, human understanding across the board. Did we um, did we have any questions on this chapter, Devin? Yes, we do. Um, so our first is from Ancient Octagon on Reddit. They um, they say the one against seven motif pops up again in this chapter. John wheeled around to face them, drawing his sword. Get back! I don't wish to hurt you, but I will if I have to. One against seven. Halder gave a signal. The boys spread out, surrounding him. Um, we have yet to see a trial of seven in the main series, though we've had plenty of one against seven moments, including Brianne. She uh, she had no chance against seven. She knew no chance and no choice. Do you think we'll see an actual trial of seven uh, take place later in this series? I used to think we would until I read a night of the seven kingdoms and I was like, well, he did it there. So would he really do it again? It just seems really complicated. And it just seems like some, you know, when you think of like the big existential threats between, you know, ice zombies and dragons, like it seems like there's a lot of um, like pageant wow. around Waste our that. time with that. <laughs> right. Right. And I mean, I think if we were going to see it, we would have seen it in one of these earlier books where that threat is even more Early, removed. Yeah. Unless we see it, you know, in one of these trials, um, you know, one of these early trials coming up in King's Landing. But then it'd be um, like, do we with, care about these people? You know, these, you know, we pretty exactly. Yeah, I can't think of fourteen people I care about. Right. Really, <laughs> that that could be mixed up in this. Yeah. Um, John thinks he could kill all seven of them. Do y'all think he could have? Well, if oh. Ghost was with him, yes. Yeah, definitely that. Um, oh, ghost! I wasn't even thinking about that. 
Oh, I think he most of them, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. He would not have come out totally unscathed, maybe. I don't. And he doesn't have long claws. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, that's hey, hmm. But I think if he, I think if Ghost was fighting with him, I think that he could. Yeah. Oh, it'd be over pretty quick if Ghost was fighting with him, I feel like. Ghost, you're so great. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. Um, any other questions? <laughs> so, uh, Yes, our uh, last question from Buckle here on Discord. They ask, um, could John have saved Rob? Nope. No. No, because it was, Um, I mean, you know, like, think about all of, like, the great soldiers at the Red Wedding, you know? Like, is John that much better than, you know, the Umbers or Daisy Moore, you know, or Daisy Mormont or, like, any, you know, any of these people there? I mean, the only thing, and I don't know that he would have been, I mean, the thing that Rob did that just totally did him in was when he marries Jane. And I don't see John being the one going, dude, you don't have to marry her. Yeah, John would not. John would literally. Since be the reason the last that he. Person to be saying that. So. Well, since the reason that he marries her is literally the existence of John, I feel yeah. like, you know, yeah, you're <laughs> not going to happen. I mean, John would have been best man. Yes. Yeah. So, no. I, <laughs> then I don't think it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, yeah. They both just would have been dead. I feel like yeah. John would have like married one of the other girls, you know, like <laughs> just like join in. <laughs> They'll both get married to uh, Westerlings. We'll be double brothers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, if you would like to ask us questions on future episodes, you can reach us at CloseTheDoorAnd at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Door Podcast, on Tumblr at Close the Door and Come Here, on the Jamie Brands or on the Jamie Brand subreddit. You can also support our podcast on Patreon, and you can listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Stitchers, wherever wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, of which we assume this is one. And with that, you guys, I am closing the door. Get out.